Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Thursday, December 7th, TH, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. The weather in Riverside is showing its milder side today, December 7th, with a comfortable high of 66.8 degrees and a cozy low of 52, making it perfect weather to stay up to date with the latest headlines as we roll into the evening. On today's episode, we'll dive into the heated discussions surfacing around COP28. A record number of fossil fuel lobbyists have been spotted at the climate summit, sparking debates on potential conflicts of interest and the possibility of undermining key climate negotiations. We'll unpack what this presence could mean for the future of our planet's health. Turning to the political arena, last night's Republican presidential debate was less about policies and more about personal jabs. From Trump's criticism to fiery exchanges over policy directions, we'll examine how these clashes could shape the future of the Republican Party as they gear up for the next election cycle. Lastly, we'll delve into a groundbreaking medical discovery, a fibrous pathway connecting the heart and brain that could revolutionize our understanding of fainting episodes. This finding has the potential to open the door to innovative treatments, offering hope to those affected by this mysterious condition. Stay with us for these stories and more as we unravel the threads of today's most pressing news. In today's top story, we're looking into the situation that's developing at the 28th Conference of Parties, known as COP28, to the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, taking place in Dubai. Reports are flooding in about a record number of fossil fuel representatives attending the conference. For an in-depth analysis of the situation, we turn to our correspondent, Ethan. Ethan, can you tell us more about what's happening? Absolutely, Grace. COP28 is supposed to be a platform for world leaders and activists to come together to tackle climate change. However, this year, there's growing concern about the presence of fossil fuel lobbyists. According to multiple reports, including one by the climate movement Kick Big Polluters Out, there are nearly 2,500 lobbyists at the conference. That's a staggering number, especially when you compare it to the official count of indigenous representatives, who are outnumbered by more than seven times. That's an alarming statistic. What do you think the implications might be with such a disproportionate representation of fossil fuel interests? This could potentially sway discussions and negotiations heavily in favor of fossil fuel interests. When you have that many industry representatives, they hold significant power to influence policy and potentially stall meaningful action on climate change. There are real concerns that key decisions and the overall progress in tackling global climate change could be compromised. Right, and I understand these lobbyists have gained access in some peculiar ways. Can you elaborate on that? Sure, a lot of fossil fuel companies access COP through trade associations. For example, the International Emissions Trading Association, or IETA, has brought the largest contingent, and this group is funded by oil companies, banks, and other corporations. They advocate for carbon markets, but activists argue that their ultimate goal is to protect the interests of the fossil fuel industry, often using deceptive practices to influence climate policy. With such critical policymaking at stake, what are people saying about this influx of lobbyists? Former U.S. Vice President Al Gore has criticized the situation, highlighting the irony that those who are main contributors to the problem have such a say in the future of our planet. Additionally, non-governmental organizations and advocacy groups have been outspoken about the urgent need for accountability frameworks to counteract this influence. Are there any examples of how other areas have tackled similar issues? Absolutely. 
A good example to look at is how the tobacco industry's influence was curbed during the World Health Organization Tobacco Treaty Talks. An accountability mechanism was put into place to prevent interference from tobacco companies. Activists are calling for similar measures to be adopted to protect climate negotiations from the fossil fuel industry's influence. And with the International Energy Agency's statement about the oil and gas industry facing a challenging future, this influence seems even more critical to address, right? Exactly, Grace. The fossil fuel industry is at a crossroads with pressures to transition to clean energy. Their presence at COP28 and the increasing numbers compared to previous years could profoundly impact how nations plan to meet climate goals. It's clear that the integrity of climate talks is at stake here. It certainly sounds like the issue of fossil fuel lobby influence at COP28 is something that will need continued attention and action. Thank you, Ethan, for that comprehensive report. My pleasure, Grace. It's essential to keep these developments in the public eye. Now, moving on to our second story of the morning. Turning to politics now, where the race for the GOP presidential nomination is heating up. Last night's debate on News Nation featured some fiery exchanges among the top Republican hopefuls. Our reporter Chloe has been following the story closely and is here to break it all down. Chloe, it sounds like it was quite the eventful evening. That's right, Grace. The debate stage in Alabama was set with four prominent figures. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, and former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. Each one came prepared to take on not just the political challenges of the day but each other, setting the stage for a night of intense debate. I understand there were some significant attacks levied against former President Trump. What can you tell us about those? Indeed, former Governor Chris Christie came out swinging against Trump, making a strong argument that the former president shouldn't return to power. Grace, it seems that Christie is building his campaign on this anti-Trump platform, which certainly makes his position distinctive among his peers. Nikki Haley, on the other hand, targeted Trump's foreign policy, especially his approach towards China and the ongoing fentanyl crisis. DeSantis also chimed in, pointing out Trump's unfulfilled promises, like the border wall. Interesting dynamics. Now, Nikki Haley has been climbing in the polls recently. Did she become a target for the other candidates last night? Definitely, Grace. As candidates rise in popularity, they often find themselves in the crosshairs, and Haley was no exception. Ron DeSantis accused her of being too lenient on gender-affirming medical care for transgender individuals. Vivek Ramaswamy didn't hold back either, calling out Haley's Wall Street connections and her past involvement with Boeing, labeling her as corrupt. Amidst all these personal jabs, Christie seemed to have a standout moment with a bold comparison. What was that about? Yes, Christie had a very pointed critique of his fellow contenders, accusing them of being too timid to directly confront Trump. He referenced pop culture, comparing Trump to Voldemort, the notorious villain from Harry Potter, essentially painting him as a political dictator and a bully. Christie's remarks were some of the most provocative of the evening, making him a notable presence on stage. Were there any substantial policy discussions, or was it mainly the candidates trading barbs? The debate did have its share of policy debates though they were somewhat overshadowed by the personal attacks. For instance, Ramaswamy put forth his thoughts on the Israel-Hamas conflict, suggesting that the U.S. should step back and reassess its role, proposing what he termed a pro-American and pro-Israel stance. With all that's happened, what would you say are the potential implications or consequences of such a debate? 
This debate really exposed the fault lines within the Republican Party, with each candidate vying to position themselves as the primary alternative to Trump. From Christie's bold rhetoric to DeSantis and Haley's policy spats, we're seeing a GOP wrestling with its identity and future direction. How this will impact voter sentiment in the primaries is still up for speculation, but clearly, the influence of Trump continues to loom large over the party. And lastly, Chloe, where did this reporting come from? This analysis is drawn from the coverage provided by CNN and Reuters, who were keeping a close eye on the debate and the ramifications it might have on the Republican race. Fascinating insights as always. Thank you, Chloe, for that detailed breakdown of last night's Republican presidential debate. My pleasure, Grace. Good morning, everyone. Here are some other headlines for today. Tragedy struck in Las Vegas when a shooting incident left three individuals dead. The shooter has been identified as a professor who had recently sought employment at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. In international news, there's growing unease as the United States has yet to respond to the recent Houthi attacks on shipping in the Middle East. These actions continue to stoke fears of escalating conflict in the region. Turning to politics, the race for the Republican presidential nomination is heating up. In a recent debate, the field of hopefuls leveled their criticisms more heavily at Nikki Haley rather than the former president, Donald Trump. Speaking of the former president, Trump has made headlines again by urging his supporters to guard the vote, a statement that has a complicated past and is causing alarm among many observers due to its potential implications on election integrity. As we reflect on the past, a poignant moment was observed by the survivors of the Pearl Harbor attack. Visiting the site 82 years later, they paid their respects to the fallen, showcasing the significance of remembering history's pivotal events. And on a brighter note, we look forward to cultural enrichment as the film, Oppenheimer, is set to screen in Japan in 2024. This news highlights the value of cinematic storytelling and its role in fostering international dialogue and understanding through artistic expression. That's it for today's headlines. Stories that have shaped our world and continue to provoke thought across a breadth of issues. Turning now to a fascinating development in the world of medical science, researchers at the University of California, San Diego have uncovered a pathway between the heart and brain that could explain why some people faint. This insight into what's called vasovagal syncope was recently reported by NPR. For a deeper look into this story, we're joined by our specialist correspondent, Ethan. Ethan, can you walk us through what this research is all about? Absolutely, Grace. So, vasovagal syncope is essentially a fancy term for when someone faints for no apparent medical reason. It affects a significant portion of the population, with about 40% of people experiencing a fainting episode at some point in their lives. That's quite a lot of people. Now, I've heard of the vagus nerve before. How does this new research tie into what we already know about fainting? That's right. The vagus nerve has been a suspect in the mystery of fainting for some time because it links the internal organs to the brain. But its exact involvement has been elusive until now. This new study used a technique involving genetic tools and laser light to trigger a fainting response in mice. They found that when certain nerve cells connecting the heart's ventricles to a part of the brainstem were stimulated, it induced a drop in heart rate and fainting. So it's like they found a direct line that when activated, can cause someone to pass out? Precisely, it's like a bodily emergency button of sorts. 
This discovery is significant because it can help us understand how the body and brain work together to regulate blood flow, particularly in the brain, which may lead to new treatments for related conditions. Speaking of conditions, could this have any implications for those experiencing autonomic disorders? What kind of impact could this have on treatment options? Autonomic disorders have flown somewhat under the radar, but they deal with the part of the nervous system that controls involuntary bodily functions, like heart rate and blood pressure. With this new revelation, researchers could potentially develop more specific therapies for these disorders, something that's especially relevant given the autonomic dysfunction observed in many long COVID patients. It's interesting to see a possible connection to COVID-19. There are so many people suffering from long-term symptoms. Exactly, and the currently available treatments for autonomic disorders can range widely, from medication and lifestyle changes to neurostimulation, but they're not always effective. This breakthrough could lead to new, more targeted approaches. And what might be the potential consequences for individuals if these frequent fainting spells continue unchecked? Well, frequent fainting isn't just inconvenient, it poses real dangers. Falls can lead to serious injuries, and then there's the chronic low blood pressure, which might lead to cognitive issues over time. The key to mitigating these risks is proper diagnosis and management, ideally with individualized care. This seems like a significant step forward in helping improve the lives of those with these syncope episodes and autonomic disorders. It really is, Grace. With this research, the medical community gains invaluable insight into a condition that's been somewhat of a puzzle until now. This could open the doors not only to new treatments but also offer those affected a better understanding of their condition. Ethan, thank you so much for providing such clarity on this complex subject. My pleasure, Grace. It's always good to shed light on these significant advancements. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.